0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Hurricane
0: Yeah Well that was more like Iggy Pop But yeah I just figured that with Bad Girls I Want to Be Your Dog Would be like a perfect entrance Because we do have a special guest Tonight uh, North Carolinian filmmaker uh, Introduce yourself
2: Hi um, I'm Chris Bickle um, I'm going to correct you South Carolinian But um, South. you know Carolina proud, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, you opening up with the Stooges track because that's that's just one of the coolest bands of all time.
1: Ali
0: when you were like just doing it, I loved promoting like independent guys. I'm like I know his name from somewhere when you requested to be my friend. I'm like I know his name from somewhere, and then I seen Limpidos Luchadores, and I'm like, what? I
1: know that film. I love that film. <laughs> and it, it was yes. actually, it was really cool of you to change up our, um our intro tonight, because I was going to mention this to Chris. I really love the soundtrack to your newest film. I, I, I was really digging oh, that. Yeah. You, yeah, you dug deep, and you you got some cool tracks on there, man. That that That's good I, stuff. I, uh,
2: yeah, I appreciate that. So the music that's in Bad Girls is, is kind of half of it is sort of like throwback um, 80s style um, electronic music kind of influenced by a lot of Italian soundtracks, it's, and that stuff is done by a guy named Matt Akers who's just a Phenomenal musician, and um, and then the other stuff that's on there is, is basically all kind of kind of punk and metal stuff. That's really just bands that are, you know, friends of mine that that live around uh, Columbia, where I live.
1: That's really cool, oh, man. Um, yeah, that's really cool, man. Because uh, I didn't really, um, I didn't know a lot a lot of those bands. So I assumed that they were friends of yours, but at the same time, I didn't want to presume that they were just friends of yours. I, I was like, Whoa, where can I find these bands? You know? So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And a,
2: lo- a lot of it's really incestuous too. Uh, like one of the bands, uh, the uh, guitar player is the same guy that did my visual effects. Uh, one of the bands, Uh, is the guy who plays Danny Lucifer in the movie and who co-wrote the movie with me. Uh, One of the bands is my band. Uh, One of the bands is a guy that plays uh, one of the bouncers in the strip club. So it's it's like everybody knows each other and everybody's kind of doing multiple roles on the movie.
1: Oh, that's super cool, man. That's super cool. I like that. I like that.
2: Well, you know, when you're making a movie for, like, Oh go ahead.
0: Go
2: ahead. Oh I was just gonna oh, go say ahead. when you're making a movie for or for nothing, uh practically, you just have to use, you know, what you have uh in front of you. And and so if you got friends that are, you know, doing really cool music and they're not gonna charge you to use the music or you know, if they do charge you it's it's minimal, then uh then that's what you're gonna go for. Obviously, you know, we don't have the money to license, you know, anything that's it's on a major label or even probably an indie label it's it's so you're just using whatever resources you have in front of you
1: yeah right like robert rodriguez uh always says uh you know when he made uh his first film he said i had a turtle and a guitar and i said i'm gonna put these in my movie you know when when he, <laughs>
2: yeah yeah i mean that's that's, that's the whole idea is, is you write the script around the stuff that you have, you know, in front of you and, and, and around the people that you know that, you know, are going to be willing to uh, not necessarily work for free because I do, you know, try to make sure people get paid, although some people have volunteered their time. But, you know, uh, if, if there's you have a friend that like has a band that's really cool, like, of course, you're going to like, like go to their catalog and pick their best song. And be like, can I put your best song in this movie? And and you know, usually they're totally cool with that. They they, you know, people love movies. They they want to hear their their song in a movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you you did an amazing job with the soundtrack for uh, for for your newest film. I mean, it, I, I, it it didn't it never let me down. Like every time I heard a a track on that on that film i was just blown away and i i, I wanted to know who is this band like yeah, yeah especially so that,
0: since uh the first 10 minutes of the movie is silent there's not a lot of dialogue for how long is it maybe the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie there's no dialogue yeah, at all
2: right about the first 10 minutes is 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 just uh well, there, there's one bit of dialogue with uh, the the two FBI agents, but everything else is is just music. And um, that was uh, inspired by uh, Takashi Miyake, the Japanese filmmaker. He uh, has yeah. a movie called Dead or Alive, which I think has one of the greatest opening sequences I've ever seen. And it's just so frenetic with the, the editing is like really fast. And, and it's just a lot of information to take in. And I, I mean, I don't really think that I'm, approached his mastery, but that was the idea was to just try to communicate a lot of story in a short amount of time so that you sort of were brought into the world of the characters and, and, and understood that, that they are dangerous and, and possibly psychotic. Um, but that's all communicated visually and, and frenetically with the editing as opposed to, you know, ha- having them talk and give a backstory.
0: Yeah. I, I,
1: I did. I did think your opening sequence uh, was amazing. I, it blew my mind. I thought it was really great, and uh, I mean, uh, well, there's nothing else I can say about it. Like I, I have it right here on my note card in front of me. Opening sequence, amazing. That's all it says. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, and that thanks. first yeah, line, I, I... you had me from the first line. Thank God. Okay. Thank God for little girls. Shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that so that's of course delivered by um, uh, Mike Amoson, who who's been in all my movies, and um, so he plays the grizzled old FBI agent Cannon. And uh, so yeah, I just I wanted him to just have a bunch of kind of like country folksy sounding things, but also just you know he just he he he's supposed to be kind of an asshole and, and I thought that was like the way to open it was just you know shit like like he's just so just full of contempt for for the yeah. characters in the movie
1: yeah he's like he, he's like your michael park he's he's like your michael parks right yeah like, yeah yeah he's kind of that that character yeah
0: yeah, you but. should do that like uh, Mike Robert Rodriguez did, uh, Michael Park's character in from *Dust Till Dawn*. His first movie, he's fucking killed, but he still mm. comes back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's another one of the things about you know I live in a fairly small town. It's a small southern town, and uh, typically in a town like mine, the 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 people that, especially young people, like once they get to college age, if, if they're talented, uh, if, they, if they have a lot of ambition, uh, if they're creative, they tend to leave. So you, ha- you have just sort of a, a small handful of people that decided to stick, out, stick it out and stay that are, you know, creative and talented people. So you know, you got to seek them out and if you find them, then you, you kind of hang on to them. So you know, Mike is a guy that will be in every movie I do, but just because he's such a cool dude and, and he'll do, you know, pretty much anything you ask of him. And, uh, and so he's sort of a lucky find.
1: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I dig that because, um, or
0: did he get the car? You get the, what? what's that? Or did he get the cars, I, man, <laughs> Oh, the cars. Oh, yeah. So,
2: yeah, we got really lucky with that. So there's a number of classic cars in the movie. And in the script, originally, uh, the scene where they they find the couple making out uh, in the secluded area, and they steal their car. In the script, it was just called Badass Car. And I didn't know what it was going to be. And so the badass car was supposed to kind of be like a character in the movie. And so... As, as I was casting the movie, I had to cast the actors, but I also had to cast the badass car. And the way I cast everything was just to put a blurb out on Facebook and just and, and see who locally, you know, was interested. And so I put out a thing saying, you know, who's got a really cool old car that would be willing to let us borrow it for a few days? And uh, a friend of mine got back to me and she was like, she was like, uh, my boyfriend uh, works on cars. And it turns out that both her and her boyfriend both work on cars and they have just like all these classic automobiles. So not only did we get the uh, 1960 Cadillac that's, that's in the movie, but we got, um, God, like four or five other cars that they brought. And they also did all the stunt driving and, um, also just, just were so cool that when they showed up on set, they just like volunteered to do PA work. So, So not only did they provide the cars and do the stunt driving, but they, you know, did a ton of PA work when they were on set. So, again, it's just like you live in a small town and you look up and and find these people that that have these resources, you know, uh, up the production value considerably just to have, like, these cool old cars in it that, uh, I mean, we did have to pay for those, but what we were paying for them was certainly not what a Hollywood studio would be paying for, you know, a show car.
0: Yeah. Plus, all the audio studio will probably crash the cars, and I'm like,
2: mm, yeah. So, well, probably... you know, we did like like so. One of our big expenses on the movie turned out to be um, the uh, upholstery in the Cadillac got damaged in, in one of these scenes, and um, and and because it's that whole seat is it's it's a like a bench seat with custom upholstery. So we had to replace the entire thing. So it was like $800 to replace that because we put a tiny little hole in it, but obviously that's that's our responsibility. And, uh, and, and so, so for a, for a movie that we made for $16,000 to have an $800 expense, like that's a huge chunk of our budget, like, like on something stupid like that, but you know, accidents happen and you gotta, you gotta take care of it.
0: Uh, he's being here. Uh, he told me that the movie was made closer to a million, but under a million.
2: What's, what's that? You really want that. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's what I think. You really want how much you made the movie for? Because all I can think about is, yeah, some distributors are going to be like, oh, you made it for that much? Well, I'll cover your costs. Wait I a little more. No, I'm just going to cover your costs. Don't worry, you made your budget back.
2: You know that 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 is a a thing that uh, a lot of independent filmmakers do is they sort of pad out, uh, basically lie about what their budgets were, and they and they try and say that you know they spent a lot more money than they actually did. And I think that's one of the reasons is they're, is they're trying to get a distributor to like to recoup those costs and, and they, they put all that money in their pocket, but, you know, I'm not going to lie about it. it. You know, it is what it is and, and we're not really looking for a distributor either. Like, like, you know, everything that we do oh, no. is, is done punk rock style. And so we're doing all of our own distribution yeah. and, and, and I mean, because that's where I, I came out of uh Yeah,
0: you'll probably make more rock. money trunk selling it than you would have uh, going and getting the well, distributor. You know,
2: well, that's the thing is, is I have so many other friends who are filmmakers that have gotten distribution deals, and they don't, you know, the amount of money they make is, is probably less than what we'll make doing it ourselves. The difference is they get it in front of a lot more eyeballs. But if, if you have a distributor and, you know, you sell 100,000 copies of your movie, but you're only getting like, you know, 50 cents per copy, then, you know, we can sell far less copies, but if we're getting like 10 bucks a copy, then, you know, we actually like make out better. And of course, all that money goes yeah. back into doing another movie. But, uh, I mean, it would be nice to be in front of eyeballs and, and hopefully eventually we can keep pushing it so that we do get in front of more eyeballs. But that's not of utmost importance to me. What's of, of utmost importance is just make, to make the money back so that we can do another movie. Because that's all I want to do is just keep making you know movie after movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, well, well, I understand. Um, I just with, uh, what but happened I mean, your last movie? That that's, that's I, I did. I, I missed the question. You, I, uh, oh, Go ahead, Nate. What were you gonna say? Oh,
1: I was. I was just gonna say that, um, uh, Chris. Your movies are visually uh, entrancing. Like I, I don't see why. Yeah, if you can. Yeah, if you can get your movies in, like you said, in front of people's eyeballs. I don't see why they wouldn't want to watch more of them. And and, uh, this was a question that uh, Stephen and I were talking about before you came on. Can you tell us? Some of your influences Because you have a, a Very unique visual style uh, Can you tell us Some of your uh, Some of your directorial What well, I want to talk
0: about Is uh, Well You about uh, yeah yeah You had a movie On Steve
2: I kind of love Steven there uh
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. He, he, on he, Amazon he, Prime, you know. and let's just say it wasn't a nice situation. I don't know why most of the torrent. I see. Well, you're on Amazon Prime,
2: you're making big money. Okay, yeah. I, 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 Steve, I, I kind of am, am losing you a little bit. Um, I, can, I can hear you, uh, Nate. Uh, to... To go back to, to your question about the influences um, the stuff that I really love and it, it's probably stuff that you guys are into as well is, is like especially seventies and eighties genre movies um, I'm a big horror guy uh, action movies uh, anything that would kind of be called grindhouse is, is stuff that I've just always loved my entire life uh, Jack Hills, one of my my favorite director is a big influence on bad girls specifically, uh, probably two movies come to mind as far as, as being influences on it. And one would be faster pussycat kill, kill by, uh, Russ Meyer. And then the other one would be doom generation by Greg Iraqi, the nineties,
1: uh, yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't even think about that when I was watching, but, uh, now that you say it, I hear it, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, okay. there's 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 like a, there's a couple of parts of the movie where I almost am embarrassed because I feel like it's it's bordering on being a ripoff, and I I try really hard not to blatantly rip anything off, even though I think my love of of genre sort of creeps into the way everything looks, and it's just because that my brain is wired to to appreciate um, just certain framings or, or the way things are lit, and I mean part of the lighting is just that. We don't have any money for good lights, and and you know we're trying our our best. And also we you know we have a limited crew, and we're not really all that talented. So um, so some of the the, the lighting <laughs> right. schemes probably probably do come off as as looking like you know cheap movies from the seventies. But I think yeah. overall, seen every. Uh,
0: every, every
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm still I'm still having trouble trouble uh,
0: hearing I know. the question. Though. I was going to call back in, but what I said was, "Have you ever seen Alien versus Predator Requiem?"
2: Oh no, I've not. I've never seen that.
0: If you think your lighting is bad, watch that big budget studio movie where <laughs> if you have the Blu-ray or DVD, you have to crank the brightness up the fucking night. Barely see it <laughs> in the theater. People were wanting refunds because
2: they couldn't see the movie right now. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the thing is, is like you know, would you make a movie for under twenty thousand dollars? Like you have an excuse for it to look bad, but you know, when you've spent ten million dollars on on your movie, you have no excuse at all.
1: Well. Chris, I think your movie looks great, and I—I I, I mean, I think all of your movies look great. I think you've done a great job with, and as in, you know, uh, you know, I've—I've I've said uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, but I've also done amateur filmmaking, and uh, you know. I, I can go all the way back down to zines in the 90s when I was you know at Kinko's uh, photocopying my uh my poetry uh yeah. you, know, I, did you did you, you have know. A,
2: did you have a friend that worked at Kinko's that gave you the hookup
1: Yeah yeah I did
2: Yeah I think I think we all did
1: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> those, you know.
2: those copy counters that you could just sort of like <laughs> uh, smack them on the counter and they would reset to zero <laughs>
1: right so you know i mean I, and i've done some you know amateur filmmaking and and now i'm a stand up comedian and you know you yeah you you build your way through um yeah yeah nat- all i ever had for lighting was natural lighting i never i i think i think my friend and my friend Sean and i just recently got an actual an actual light so uh-huh. a, a green screen and a light so that we can film things like, you know, like,
2: well, like it's should. wild. Just like lighting has, has gotten way cheaper in the past five years with with the LED lights that have come out. So uh, and that's I mean, that's the whole thing about me being able to make a movie at all now is, is it's just because technology has made it affordable. You know, I, I wanted to make a movie when I was in college and it, I just couldn't afford to because everything was shot on film then. And, and so it, just the price of buying the film and processing it, you know, you'd be spending $50,000 before even hiring yeah. the first actor. That's just on film stock. And, and so, you know, now you like, I mean, all the cameras that we've used on this, you know, are all consumer grade cameras, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's just, it's just an incredible that all this stuff is accessible to people now and, and you can, and you can use these tools. And, and I mean, you know, you, you keep hearing the stories about, you know, well, this guy shot his movie on his iPhone, you know, well, like why, you know, why not? You know, it's, it, it's, it, it looks good enough to watch. And so if it looks good yeah. enough to watch and, and if you've got an entertaining story and like some cool characters, then, you know, definitely go for it.
0: It, it really yeah, if you're making a movie and most of the viewers talking about, oh, he shot this digitally. He didn't shoot this on um, regular things. Then in a way, you don't have a movie because in the end, it don't matter how you shoot it. It's is this is it a good movie?
2: Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> and all, yes, the, all that all that matters. Like, is a
0: good movie.
2: Well, well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, I. I I was just talking about this with a friend the other day and and it's, you know, in Hollywood, they just, they have an insane amount of money to throw at stuff. And so, you know, there's an explosion like every three minutes and, but, you know, nobody walks out of the theater and, and says, God, there were so many great explosions in that movie. And then like a week later, they think back on the movie and think, God, I just, I just can't stop thinking about those explosions. It, it was, there were so, so many of them. It's like, no, like, like people like look back, you know, they leave the theater and what they talk to their friends about as they're walking out of the theaters is the parts of the story they thought were cool or or the characters or like they saw something they'd never seen before. And then if they still remember the movie a week later, it's, it's like, I mean, I can't tell you how many – you know, these superhero movies I've seen and I'm not knocking them because I I do enjoy them, but like a week after watching them, I'm trying to like think back and remember anything that happened and, and I can't tell you much about it because it was just all spectacle and no story. And so these underground filmmakers, you know, I'm sort of including myself in this, but there's so many others besides me. They're making movies that are telling a story that people haven't seen before and and that's you know, people are reacting to that. Like, that's what makes it memorable is, is, you know, it's, if, if you can offer something that, that, you know, isn't, you know, a thing that they've seen over and over and over a million times. And that's the problem with Hollywood now is, you know, because it costs so much money to make a movie, they can't risk losing anything. So it has to either be a franchise or a reboot or a sequel. And they rarely ever will do anything. That's not one of those things, or if it is an original idea, it's definitely like copy and pasted from other hit movies. And so that's, I think that's why underground film is going to be really important. Uh, I mean, it's important now, but I think it's going to be very important in the next five to 10 years because people are just bored of this shit. Like we're talking about like 20 years now of Hollywood, just making the same stuff over and over. And, uh, you know the amount of time that goes by uh, before a movie is rebooted is like ten years now, which is you know nothing, and, and, and so um, people are just tired. They they just they want to see something cool. It's like yeah. you know if we have yeah. to, if we have to blow something up, you know we can't afford to really blow it up, but we can, like you know we we have a car crash in the movie that's just, that's just done by a. a Fog machine and a light to, to simulate the car being on fire because like, we couldn't we couldn't light a car on fire, but people people still get what happened, you know. Like nobody's like like oh that's bullshit that car's not really on fire like they don't care because it's, it's, they're, they're there for the story. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and I I, and I love I, that I, I, I love that pistol.
2: The, the pistol.
0: Yeah. Shots, and then it was like breaking me back. I was like memories, memories. I remember when they didn't give a damn about reloading bullets.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing. It's, is is yeah. Is the un, unlimited uh uh magazines uh for guns and movies and you know the the whole story is absurd. So you know. It, why not? Why not just have have you know, like like guns that will fire you know, a thousand rounds.
0: Yeah. Do I sound better now, Nate?
2: Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah.
1: I can hear. I can hear you. Yep. Yep.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: If we're well, what talking was, about uh,
0: earlier, is uh, look at uh, big uh, films like uh, the VHS franchise or Hill uh, Somehow we They gave up the vote because within so many days of their hitting streaming. Uh, nope, know. lost it again. Yeah, yeah,
1: but. Like... All right, Chris. Um, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some ideas at you for what your films. Um, uh, what I what I saw reflected in your films. You tell me if some of these are 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 on the on the chart. Okay.
2: Okay, that sounds good. Let's do it. All
1: right. Um, I, I kind of felt a lot of like Spike Jones uh, music videos, you know, Spike Jones?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, it wasn't conscious, but I could see that and it might have slipped in, uh, subconsciously cause I am a fan of his work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Um, Kevin Smith's red state. I felt a lot of that in the uh, in the in the end of, uh, of of your film.
2: I've never seen it.
1: You've never seen it. All right. I've never well, seen it. Well, you should watch it. You okay. should watch I, it.
2: I, I, feel, yeah. I feel like I, I need to now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The the ending of your film felt very similar to the ending of his film, um, with the the uh, well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen your movie, but. Um, just the the gunfight, you know.
2: So. Okay. Okay. Um,
1: how about Edgar Wright? Are you a fan of Edgar Wright?
2: I am a fan of Edgar Wright, and and that's another one that I I there could be some things that m- might have like subliminally uh, crept in, like nothing intentional, but uh, but his use of sound. Uh, I, I think is, is really important. And, and I might have been influenced by him as far as sound design stuff.
1: I, I think a lot of the way that you do like quick cuts to uh, is an homage to him. And uh, again, I'm not, I'm not calling you out on any of this stuff. Like I'm saying, you're ripping people off. I, I, I'm i just trying to see where your influence came from.
2: No, and... I, I'm enjoying this. And, and, and I mean, uh, I think that you know all directors, you know, rip stuff off whether they mean to or not because you're just you're just taking in all the stuff that you love and, and when you go to do your thing like everything you love comes out into it. Right. But but I but well, yeah. I, I I I'm finding this really interesting the the stuff you're throwing at me because cause, like I hadn't thought about Edgar Wright but then when you brought that up it's like you know like I bet some of the stuff I'm doing with sound is probably um, coming from stuff i've seen from him
1: right yeah yeah well that's cool um okay well how about um quentin tarantino
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i I've,
2: I've definitely loved tarantino and like i i don't know that i i think that anything in in my films that might seem Tarantino-esque is probably m- more because I like the same movies he likes. And so we're yeah. probably both uh, drawing from the same well as as far as that goes, as as far as loving, you know, especially like 70s and 80s genre stuff. So,
0: yeah, um,
1: yeah. I, 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 I really, I really called on the Tarantino thing uh, because in your, your newest film uh, when you had the, um, Actual uh, interludes where you know words were on the screen. They were in that '70s funky style.
2: Oh that, well, I can I can tell you where that's coming from, and and I bet Tarantino is, is ripping it off from the same guy. I'm ripping it off from That, that all comes from Godard. <laughs> like yeah, that's
1: that's
2: that's, Fr- that's French New Wave.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: right. But. Uh, I wouldn't say Nate's obsessed with Tarantino, but he's the only guy I know that's seen a Tarantino riff in the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it's it's become really popular nowadays to to bash Tarantino and uh like, fuck you know, that, like. Tarantino is a genius and, 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 he, and, you know, everybody says, well, he rips off all these movies. Like, like, well, he's never denied it. Like he, he's always been upfront from day one, uh, the stuff that, that influences that, that he's used, uh, and drawn from. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I think he, he's definitely a master, but I, I don't think that, that he was in my mind at all, uh, with, with anything I've done in, uh, in either of the movies I've done. Uh, what about David Lynch?
1: I see... Yeah. Yeah, David
2: David Lynch I really love, and um, I think what I take from David Lynch is um, I see most of David Lynch's movies as being comedies, and and I don't know if, if everybody sees all of the humor that he's putting into his films, I, and so I like in in my my first film there's stuff that I think is is very Lynchian, but I think in Bad Girls, the stuff that's Lynch is this like just the really stilted dialogue, like the stuff with like the FBI agents, like it's not like like I love the way he does dialogue where it's just not realistic at all. It, it sounds hokey, and but it's I think it's intentionally supposed to be hokey. It, like that's the humor. That, he, that he's sort of slipping in there and, and I, I definitely resonate with that kind of humor and so that sort of stuff is, is all through Bad Girls and, and I, don't, I don't think that I wrote anything that I thought intentionally like, well this is my David Lynch part but I know that's always in the back of my head uh, just that's that sort of humor style it's like humor without jokes
0: humor <laughs> sure no, without see that. I've seen a lot of filmmakers do that though they're like Okay, this is gonna be my dot 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 scene. Here is my Tarantino scene. Here is my uh Godard scene, you know. People act blatantly.
1: Yeah. yeah I think the
2: only the only thing I can think of in Bad Girls where I intentionally said I'm gonna do this kind of scene is uh in the drug trip scene, I was like, Well this is my easy rider drug trip scene and and, and so that's that's what that is. But I think that's that's the only thing I can think of where I was intentionally like, okay, this is going to be like something else. I
0: love that every so, time they take drugs, the way you use animation on it.
2: Yeah, it, and that I mean that's all. You know, I wish that I had more money to do like crazier effects uh, on that stuff, but I think it gets the point across. Like, like I you know, was, was trying to do stuff that I felt approximated a psychedelic experience, but, but doing it with like, not only, you know, limited budget, but limited knowledge, Uh, you know, I'm still learning how to do all this stuff. And so, you know, I'm not a technical wizard when it comes to, to those things, but, but, you know, just just trying, trying to get across the idea of, of a psychedelic experience.
1: I think you guys did a really great job with the editing. Uh, I I think that really carries it, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned as a film buff. I think the editing really carries those scenes that you're talking about. I mean. Oh, thanks.
2: Yeah. I, the, the, the first movie that I did, um, like, like, when I finished it, like I thought I'd done a, a great job with it, but then I, I watched it, you know, over and over, and then I saw like where things could have been tighter. And so when I went to do the second one, that was just foremost in my mind is like trying to make everything as tight as possible. And, and you know, even if it's just like an extra couple of frames here and there, like over the course of a movie, that all adds up, and people just get, get kind of fatigued with what they're watching. So you have to just keep it moving as, as fast as you can. And that's, yeah. I, that's the big thing about um, a lot of indie films. Indie is not the right I, – I think underground is a, is a better word because indie films could be like a million-dollar budget movie. So I'm, I'm talking about like kind of people that are starting out like I am and, and that you know they have really limited budgets. The thing that they often don't get is pacing. And I, I think there's pacing problems in, in both of my movies, uh, but it, it could be much worse, and I, and I see a lot worse in, in uh, underground movies um, that I think it, if there was any one thing I could say that like ev- everybody uh, needs to work on, it's, it's tightening shit up. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, but like yeah, I said before, like... I... go ahead, Steven.
0: It's like a uh, uh, Joe Bob showed the love witch the other night. It's one hour and 50 minute movie. But there's like 70 minutes of great stuff in there
2: that could have been a great movie. Yeah, you know, I really liked The Love Witch.
0: What?
2: Yeah, I I feel what you're saying. I I really like The Love Witch, but I agree that uh, I wish it was shorter. But that's my feeling on most movies. Like almost any movie I watch, I'm like, man, this could have been 10 minutes shorter and I would have liked it that much more. I think the only, to go back to Tarantino, the only uh, movie I can think of where I didn't want it to be shorter was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, and that movie was long, but, like, I was, when that movie was finished, I was like, I could have watched this for another hour. Like, like it, it wasn't long enough. And that, that's, a, that's a rare for me to say that. I, I always think everything's too long.
1: Uh-oh, Steven. Uh-oh. He... He's drawing me out. He's drawing out the Tarantino guy. Uh-oh. Well,
0: let's talk.
1: Let's sit back and talk Tarantino, because we got another hour and a half before the show's over. No. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, um, like, uh, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I can talk time in Hollywood. Just the whole driving thing and stuff.
1: Losing Steven again.
2: Yeah, yeah, losing him again.
1: All right. Uh, John Waters. Did I already ask about John Waters?
2: Uh, you have not asked about John Waters. And, yeah, John Waters is a, is a huge influence on me, Just one of my favorite directors okay. of all time. All
1: right, cool. Let's talk about it. Tell me. uh, uh Fino Fino Trouble is one of That's my favorites. Great.
2: Yeah, female, uh, Pink Flamingos is probably my second favorite after Female Trouble, which I just think is his. Is, that's the masterpiece.
1: Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool.
2: I I um, gravitate towards the earlier stuff where he was really uh, just didn't give a fuck about anything. Uh, I like the 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 later uh, films not so much for me. I, it's almost they almost seem like family fare to me. Yeah. But yeah, uh. They, the old
1: the only one of his later films that I actually cared for was Pecker. I did. I did think Pecker.
2: I, yeah, was I enjoyed good. Pecker. I thought. I thought that was a fun movie. Uh But, but yeah, that's, no. that's kind of a lot of his. A lot of his later movies. I'll say like that was a fun movie. But you know, I, I'm not saying like like those later movies definitely didn't like blow my mind. Like Female Trouble, blew my mind. As I, I saw that when I was in high school, uh, I rented it. Uh, on VHS and I, I had no idea what I was in for. I don't even know how it got on my radar, but, uh, <laughs> but that thing, right. that thing blew me away. I was like, what
1: <laughs> is this? this?
2: This is the yeah. craziest thing I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. No, uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's not, um, you know, it, it's obvious to everyone who listens to our podcast that, you know, John Waters is amazing. So, I mean, it's fun and funny, but, yeah, it's weird to think about when you first encountered John Waters. Like, Pink Flamingos was the first thing I ever saw by him, and I was probably mm, 12 years old when I oh, saw yeah, that. Oh, that's, yeah,
2: that's, that's heavy duty at 12 years old.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right? My, my parents <laughs> were very permissive. You know, like they were hippies, so they let us read and watch anything that we wanted. They didn't really, uh, they didn't really stop us from doing anything, and so, yeah, yeah.
2: I had I had the opposite uh, upbringing. I I was in a pretty strict Catholic home, and uh, I didn't really get to to enjoy anything until I got out of the house.
1: Okay. So, like, you mean till you got out of the house when you were 18 years old, or you mean when you just got to leave the house?
2: <laughs> uh, kind of when I uh, was able to drive uh, w- once I got to be 16, and I could I could just get in a car and uh, like go to punk shows or you know go to friends' houses and things like that, and then that's kind of when when my world opened up.
1: Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, uh, we will have to rewind a little bit here because we've been talking about movies a lot. But where did you grow up?
2: I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. But uh, uh-huh. we moved around a lot. Like, like once I got out of eighth grade, uh, we moved – I went to three different high schools in three different states. So I, I was in Indiana – uh, a small like a small town in Indiana called Brownsburg. I was in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and then we moved to a town called Aiken, South Carolina, which was a, a culture shock. Man, that that just podunk, uh, just kind of kind of an awful awful place. And from there, I went moved up to Columbia to go to college, and I've been here ever since. So um, high school was a weird experience uh, going to three different schools in three different states. There never was really time to, like, make, you know, good friends and and have good, good solid relationships because as soon as you, like, got to know somebody, you had to uproot and go to the next place.
0: I'm from Tennessee, and, yeah, going to South Carolina is a real culture shock. Cause I was like from Tennessee, close to Knoxville. I'm like, yeah, 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 all that stuff about the that that racist redneck wearing the rebel flag that don't exist. And then you get to South Carolina, it's like you've gone back 200 years.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of it, uh, but you know, there's it's it's there. But then there's also a lot of really cool people too, uh, you know, and you you end up finding your your people. Uh, it's just it's, sometimes it takes a little longer to find the cool stuff and find the fun but you you know it's there
0: Yeah.
2: actually the most racist yeah, place I, I ever lived was Indiana one thing
0: about your movie which no one has brought up on the reviews is that the black characters in your movie are like the guy from uh, Night of the Living Dead He's just in, they're just in it you don't make them like and you don't really make a detail of going hey he's black you know
2: well you know the the way everybody was cast in in both movies was just you know open casting call and who shows up and you know we just picked the best people so uh yeah. like no no thought went into uh you know casting a, a black character in either of the movies, it just it just ended up being what it was.
1: Yeah, I I think I that's I, I think that's kind of what uh, George Romero said about Night of the Living Dead. Um, he didn't.
2: Yeah, intend- yeah, I've heard I've heard an interview with him where he he did say that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and, it, and, intend- and
2: but of, of course, you know, for you know, Night of the Living Dead. You know, just the time that was made—that was just such a remarkable thing to having a black leading man uh, in that movie, and uh, and then of course the ending of the movie is is just makes it all the more shocking um, and, and poignant. But uh, but yeah, I, like like he has said that in interviews that they just you know they did a casting call and this was the best guy, and I think that's I think that's the way to do it. You know, you just. I mean, you know, for for my movies, I I think that's the way to do it. I mean, I mean, obviously, if you're making a movie that, that the whole point of the movie is is about, you know, racial tension or a racial drama, like you have to cast you know white and black actors specifically. But for this movie, you know, th- three girls, you know, and so we just put it out a casting call for you know three girls, and, and so we got what we got, yeah. you know, there was definitely no intention yeah. to be like, oh, well, well, the second one has to be a black one you know
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> that would have right. been stupid
0: yeah, so yeah.
2: Uh, it just ended up being the, the way it was like, like, um, you know, Morgan was the main one because she was the tallest
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool, the, the, the movie turned out really cool yeah
2: I can't. I can't make that out. Can you make that out? No. Oh,
1: no. I, yeah. Well What
0: I said was uh, a lead actress uh, was what she just had that you you should just not fuck with this person ever. Look <laughs> to her face. There's no. You know. You yeah. just have to describe it.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's why she got cast because she could she could turn that on. So uh, you know, I, I'm I'm really proud of the 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 casting and the job that that the girls did. I I think they all did a phenomenal job with it. And uh, I I mean I'm really proud of of the job everybody did. I I, I I'm really proud of um, Rusty the motel clerk. I thought, I thought, yeah. I thought, I thought I thought I thought to me he he's like he's the Luke Skywalker of the
0: movie. i <laughs> oh, God, you.
1: You You you, you sell yourself short Chris Because you know uh, I You know as someone who is a Fan of as you Say and we should Refer to as underground Film I watch A lot of low budget films And um, You know There's a lot of stuff out There that's just pure crap and we all know that but no I don't know how you got a cast and a crew together to make a movie like this but you did it and it's it's fun. it's a good it, it's a great film and it's fun and you know uh, y- y- somehow you managed to find actors who can actually act which is a <laughs> big thing for for underground films and 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 you you, yeah you say the lighting wasn't right the the camera wasn't right here and there but no it no you made a great film dude i don't know how you did it but you did it and that's all i don't know how
2: i did it either (laughs) (laughs) um you, you know the thing is 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 I am really proud of it. I'm, I'm proud of the job everybody did, but but I see every single flaw in it. But I think I'm supposed to see all the flaws in it, and that, that's you know my job, and, and I can't always escape that, and but that's also how you improve. You know, you you try and you you shoot the thing, and then you go to edit it, and then you try to fix all the the mistakes. And there's some mistakes you can't fix. It's like you can't relight a scene in post, and you can't. Um, you know, make the actor a better take and post. Uh, so then you're just trying to fix what you got. But then when you go to do the next one, you remember like all that stuff you couldn't fix. And hopefully you do it better. So I, I think the second movie is better than the first. And, and I hope that, you know, when we do the third movie, that's going to be better than this one. Uh, if, if you're not improving, then you're doing something wrong. You, that, that's the whole. To me, the whole point of, of this is is to treat it as like a school, and your and your, the mistakes are your lessons.
0: Yeah, how many times that we hate it when we uh, see our favorite uh, filmmakers just phone it in. They get to that oh, point, yeah. where they're I, just phoning it in. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, it's one thing when it's Hollywood, but I see it with a lot of you know underground guys too, where you know they'll they'll put out like a couple of like cool movies that show promise and then they just sort of level off, you know, it's like, well, you know, you, you, you got something going on there, like keep pushing it, you know, like keep going further and further. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but, but I definitely see it in, in our scene. Um, people that just sort of like realize that, well, I can sell, you know, 500 copies of, of my $5,000 budget movie so I don't really have to, you know, push it. Like I can just, I can, as long as I put some boobs in there, you know, then, then I'm good. It's like, well, yeah, but people will stop buying your movies after a while.
0: Except for the hardcore fans.
2: Well, I think even the hardcore fans, like, like you know, will eventually get tired if somebody's just like doing the same, same thing over and over. But, um, you know, what do I know?
0: No, when, when you really get into the apologist. Yeah, he tried in his earlier films, but now he's got his groove going in. As long as he keeps making new stuff for me that's exactly the same as the stuff I loved, I don't care. Yeah, I guess there are some you people really like that, that. You get that lot music.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, you know, when I, I was, you know, I grew up playing in punk bands and, and our whole thing was, was we, we we would write music that people couldn't dance to like like i look back on it and i, I was so pretentious like when i was i was young like doing this stuff and it, but like it's funny to me that that you know if, if 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 it seemed like people were having too good of a time at our show we tried to like change the tempo up or something so they so they'd have a bad time and i don't know why i don't know why that was in my head uh, as a kid that that was a good idea but um, you know I don't know if I don't I, I don't think I'm like that so much anymore with filmmaking like I because I, I I want people to be entertained by the movie like I, I don't want to I don't want them to be pissed off by it but you know hopefully you do throw a few things in that like make them uncomfortable
0: <laughs> yeah thinking, I, I, I uh, did you what? cross yeah Speaking of making oh. them uncomfortable, you do cross the taboo, so I got to give you points on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, the the baby.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, um, I have friends that that have seen the movie that are parents, and that they, you know, they don't like, <laughs> they don't like that at all. <laughs> but you, you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta put something in there that's gonna be disturbing or or upset someone like like a movie should make you upset from time to time
1: yeah, Stephen and I have uh discussed several times we've been doing for over seven years now, and we've always discussed um how other podcasts or websites um, designate the most disturbing films of all time. And Solo always ends up being number one. You're familiar, familiar with Solo, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that always ends up at number one. So Stephen and I are trying to find a more disturbing film that – that will take over the number one solo spot, and uh, but, but, we're but hoping The problem
0: you're... Is, is that they're trying to do that, and you can't try to be
1: disturbing.
0: Well,
2: well I think Chris I think one of the reasons why solo is is so much more disturbing is, is that it, it's it's a well made piece of art. You know, like 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 all this horrible stuff is happening, but you can tell like it, it's like a a big budget like fine piece of cinema, and, and you know there's all these other like you know August Underground and, and these like you know extreme gore movies that you could say you know are way gory yeah. or or whatever, but like but they're they're really cheap but, yeah. and and, yeah, and the the, but... che- the cheapness. That, like somehow makes it not as audacious.
1: Film films like In a Glass Cage and Solo are like art films. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I agree on that. Yeah, they're they're more I, I like mean, I, art I films.
2: A lot of people would uh, probably put a Serbian film uh, high up on that list, and and I think you know one of the reasons why. That is so effective because it is a it's a well made film uh it with just one of the most you know shocking scenes ever uh Have you guys seen any of the movies by Mary and Dora
0: yeah he's making art for art's sake he's doing like uh David Lynch did with his early early stuff video painting that's different than movies. Well, I
2: like he he did one recently. Well, I guess it has been a couple years now. Um, uh, called Carcinoma, and uh, that is a profoundly disturbing movie. Uh, that that's a, that's a hard that I have a good fr- my friend Shane Silman who co-wrote Bad Girls with me. I showed him Carcinoma, and he's I think he's still angry with me for making him watch it. So I, I think, I, yeah, I think I think if if you show someone a movie and they get mad at you, uh, then then that's that should be on the list.
0: Or yeah, no, because don't mess with my sister. Almost got me knocked out by my cousin. Not because it's disturbing, because it's so unbreakably boring. Nothing happens in that movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that to me. When people say, "What's the worst movie?" of all time, you know, and look at like oh Plan Nine from Outer Space. Like well Plan Nine from Outer Space is entertaining. Like like that's a great that, movie. But but yeah. the worst movies are the movies that are boring. That's that's the worst yeah. uh, you know, that's the cardinal sin of filmmaking, is it is if you're bored then, then that that makes and it a piece how, of shit.
1: How can, how, how can you follow up I spit on your grave with don't mess with my sister? That 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 yeah. that that's, that, that That's a horrible back-to-back, uh, no, like, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I Spit
2: on Your Grave is, is one that I saw, uh, I think, when I was, like, 14 or 15, and I was definitely too young.
1: <laughs> that, yeah. That was a mind warper. Yeah, well, like I mentioned earlier, uh, my parents were really permissive about what they let us uh, watch and read when we were younger so yeah i i saw last house on the left when i was like 11 years old uh yeah, uh, yeah
2: that'll 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 hurt your brain
1: yeah yeah i was probably way too young for that <laughs> uh, and as i sit here at 48 years old smoking pot and uh drinking marijuana oh wait no <laughs> uh, can you do both of them? Can you do both of you those can. things?
0: Oh, <laughs> all right. You yeah, can the THC's crap they have on there. Heck, you could eat a gummy and smoke pot and yeah. drink the THC in your favorite booze. <laughs> all right, Chris. So
1: another thing I wanted to ask you about while we had you on the show, um, when I was watching your your new film, um, I kind of got some Edward – uh violent years vibes was that one of your yeah. uh, influences
0: there I love ed wood i that definitely
2: wouldn't have been a conscious one um but there there is actually an ed wood uh reference in in bad girls now that you bring it up um Ew. the uh agent McMurphy says a line he says. I wonder what their next move will be. And that's that's taken straight from Plan 9 from Outer Space.
1: Nice.
0: Ooh. Well, what I got is the rape scene. It seems like that one from the violent years where the girl gang uh, takes the guy off uh, into the bushes and rapes him. Yeah, <laughs> that,
1: that's what I, I thought, I, too. So, I think, so we um, all got it.
2: Yeah, I I think um, any of those scenes I was probably drawing more from Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, but, you know, they're very similar.
0: But what's funny is I could just see you – I'm glad I'm not the guy in that rape scene because imagine the next girl that he's with who has seen the movie and wants it because of that scene is going to be highly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: that though. I and uh, I think it's cool that uh, Stephen and I both uh, caught on to that because I I saw that and I was like, all right, this has got to be an Ed Wood, uh, yeah. So, um, how about Oliver Stone? Did he? Figure
2: into any of this, any of his. Did we already talk? No, we, we already we talked, talked about Oliver. So, um, I've had several uh, reviews come out and, and have compared compared it to um, uh, Natural Born Killers, but uh, yeah. I'm I was never really a fan of that movie. I, I saw it when it came out and didn't care for it a whole lot. I've never revisited it, and, and maybe I should. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I've never been a huge Oliver Stone guy. I mean, I, I appreciate him, but I've never been a, a huge fan of his work.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I've killers, but it's 290s for its own good
2: nowadays. It definitely is a product of its time, for sure.
0: Yeah. But,
2: um I would like to go back and watch it again just because so many people have brought it up to me. They're like, Oh yeah. Like, like you definitely like have a natural born killers thing going on there. I was like, Oh, well I didn't mean to, but okay.
1: Yeah. Um, you definitely have a natural born killers thing going on there and that's, um, it's a marriage between, uh, as we talked about earlier Quentin Tarantino wrote natural born killers and Oliver Stone directed it, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, so
2: yeah, I, I always does, thought it would have been a better movie if, if Tarantino had directed it.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, uh, all right. Do we have to do this tonight again, Stephen? Uh, we talk about this every week on our show. I'm a huge Quentin yeah. Tarantino fan. Yeah, I mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I think
0: Natural I Killers heard. is okay. But even I, with the original script and stuff, it still would have been too much on the nose of its time.
1: Yeah, I do have an original copy of the Natural Born Killers script, and it's nothing like the version that Oliver Stone made. But hey, we're not stopping the. the no, we're we're moving forward. We got other stuff to talk about tonight. This is yeah, what we're doing. Yeah, some of the
0: references that people get out of it amaze me. I like there's someone that says, "Oh, this reminds me of William Grafe's films." I'm like,
1: uh, 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 we're 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 moving forward.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and we're moving forward like William Grafe. Where did they get that from? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ah.
1: All right. So, what were we talking about?
0: <laughs>
2: uh, Oliver Stone. Yeah, I'll, Oliver
0: yeah, Stone. And,
2: and I think that yes. that I think Tarantino would have made a better film out of that than Stone, but I don't know that uh, Tarantino would have made a better film of True Romance. I think True Romance is no. is is as, as good as it could be like that's that's a, a just a great great yeah. film
1: Yeah yeah I, I I don't disagree and I don't think Tarantino disagrees because I have the uh Tarantino Blu-ray box set and he has all of his films in there except Natural Born
0: Killers There's Interesting uh it isn't uh True, True Romance was the there. only two movies that he does a commentary for. What's that? I think uh, True Romance and Dust Don Dawn is the only one that he's ever done a commentary for of his movie. Yeah. That's
2: interesting.
1: When I lived in Los Angeles, uh i was actually walking through a hallway and uh i uh in a in the studio in the wh- whatever the Weinstein studio was called then and Miramax. i looked across what was it Miramax, yes mirror and yeah Miramax. And I looked across and I saw Quentin Tarantino sitting in his office just hammering frantically on an actual like old school uh typewriter. And oh,
2: that's cool. That
1: that's that's my Tarantino story.
0: <laughs>
1: it doesn't get much more exciting than that. I was like what I was like, oh, hey, there's Quentin Tarantino. I wonder what he's doing. <laughs> and yeah, he was just frantically uh hammering away at a yeah, at a, at a typewriter. So, wow. That's that, that's cool, huh? I I yeah. saw Tarantino. I saw Tarantino <laughs> typing once. <laughs>
0: You yeah. would well, yeah, the man like in says, his element Hey Quentin Yeah get the fuck out of my office kid
1: <laughs> Okay uh, So uh, Chris I want to ask you about this I think this is really funny So um, As as a, It seems to be a big part Of your movie um, It's not The Christmas tits. It's just Christmas tits, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so why is that so important to you that that the the is not part of it?
2: That, so I worked at a, a record store my entire life. I I've, well, I've worked in several record stores, uh, so that's 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 been my day job. And, and so th- these just come from conversations you have with, with record geeks where, uh, you know, there's lots of bands where uh, their name doesn't have a the in it, but people just naturally put a the in there. And then the people who are the real geeks will, like, argue that you shouldn't add the the to it. Uh, Dead Kennedys is one. People say – because people always – the dead Kennedys. But then you're going to have that one asshole that's like, it's not the dead Kennedys. It's just dead Kennedys. It's like, okay. Who cares? Um, So I just just thought that was something that's just someone who's really super far up their own ass would quibble over. Is it someone adding a the when they didn't think it needed to be there?
1: I thought it was hilarious because when I was in high school, my favorite band was Red Hot Chili Peppers. Not, not, not
2: the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
1: Not the yeah, and 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 now one of my favorite bands is Beastie Boys. Not the Beastie Boys, <laughs> but oh, I really right. wanted. I, I really no, wanted bro. to talk to you. About I really want to here's, talk you Here's about one that,
2: that a lot of people don't realize is um, there is no such band as Hall and Oates. That, <laughs> okay. that if you look at their albums, every one of their albums is Daryl Hall and John Oates. There is no Hall and Oates album.
0: What <laughs> <laughs> the? <laughs> so you really what,
2: like the the band the the.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the the.
2: Yeah, that's a band.
0: Oh, it was just too much. Moving in Louisville, See? it was this pretty cool record store, and this local band came up and got pissed because their album was in local band section, and they didn't have their own little folder thing.
2: <sighs> that, that sounds like some some local band attitude.
0: <laughs> like. Why should you care if your shit's oh. in a folder or just in local band?
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter.
1: All right. So now, leaning back into your film, which is what we're promoting tonight. Let me I'm ask you a all question.
0: Stuff, everything, that he, everything, just give him all your money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, but before we give him all of our money, what's the worst thing you've ever done, Chris?
2: Uh, probably bad girls.
1: <laughs> No, no, no. You don't get out of it that easily. You wrote the script. You directed the film. And you forced the characters to answer the question. This is real world, Chris. What's the worst thing you've ever done?
2: Uh I did have to think about that. I, I could tell you my biggest regret, so, which is okay. not necessarily the same thing as is, is the worst thing that I've ever done. But uh, my biggest regret is that uh, – well, I have two. Uh, I, right out of college, I opened a record store, and I ran that for five years, and it was going pretty good. But I had decided at that time that what I really wanted to do was I wanted to be a filmmaker. So my first regret is that I closed my record store uh, when it was doing reasonably well, uh, because it was a really cool shop. And uh, especially for being in a town like Columbia, Columbia didn't have anything like that because it was, I sold a lot of like punk rock and indie stuff. And so I regret closing my shop, but the reason why I closed the shop was I uh, took the money and, and bought Uh, some video gear and I was going to make my first film and I had started shooting it and I was like a few weeks into shooting and was on my way to go to a shoot and I stopped off for a drink and uh, in the like five minutes that it took to get the drink and come back out to my car, someone had thrown a cinder block through the window of my car and stolen all my gear, uh, which also included all of the tapes, of a footage of that shot. So, uh, that was pretty devastating. And what I did was I went into an incredible depression and, um, like moved back in with my parents for, uh, like almost a year and just didn't do anything and just like moped. (laughs) And, uh, and then I came out of that depression and then just got a job back, uh, working in a record store and I didn't go. I didn't get back on the bike to uh, just try to make another film. And then, like, I went for years and years and years before I eventually made my first film. So my two biggest regrets: were the first one was closing my record store, which was doing well at the time, and then the second one was uh, giving up on my dream of making a movie uh, back then. Uh, because I'd be so much further along if I had just, you know, sucked it up and and gone and done that. So may, maybe a lesson to anybody is that it's never too late uh, to uh, do the thing that you wanted to do. But uh, but if you have an have an opportunity to do it, you should do it as soon as you can. You shouldn't wait. That's Does that
0: awesome include message. if you see a full film kit in someone's car? Well, if you see a full film kit in someone's car and you want to make a movie, steal the kit, but please leave the videotape. That's irreplaceable. Yeah, leave the that's footage. <laughs> yeah,
2: that, and that's that's the whole thing. Like, like, um, you know, I probably would not have like uh, just lost my shit and and gone into like a horrible funk if if they had just stolen the camera. <laughs> but they, they 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 got everything that I'd shot. So. Uh, but in hindsight, uh, that movie would have been terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> it would have been so pretentious and arty and stupid that I'm kind of glad that that maybe that's how everything shook out.
1: Yeah, see, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah you know, it, like I say that it is my, you know, major life's regret. But, you know, like you just said, every, everything – does happen for a reason, and and uh, that's why I'm I'm here talking to you right now.
0: Yeah. How do you destroy right. a church by accident? All right, Stephen. Stephen, it's your I, I, turn.
2: I, I, I missed the question. <laughs> what, what's
0: that? I to oh, it's how Steve... do you destroy a church by accident?
2: Oh, d- just by, by driving your car into it.
0: The worst thing I ever did is have a co host, I ain't naming any names, who I killed within two years of uh hosting with them and kept them up for six years until the point where it gave me an ulcer. I ended up firing them on the air.
2: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh
1: Are you telling me that I don't have a job anymore?
0: No. Not you. You're the one I replaced him with, remember? You're the replacement tire. Oh, I'm the replacement. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, No matter how bad you got, I've never thought, I am glad I am not near him. I will strangle him. (laughs) Okay.
2: So, do you do you regret not killing him? Is that the regret?
0: Yeah, I regret not killing
1: him. <laughs> uh, uh, gosh. Come on. Oh, oh is it you my know turn? you don't
0: like me, either, Nate. You're just a nicer person than I am. But oh, What about you, Nate? Oh, could it be?
1: Oh. Well, I think we all know the worst thing I ever did. I cheated on my wife. Um, that was shitty.
0: Oh, God. Does she know about it?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah she, uh, yeah, she knows about it. <laughs>
2: well, she knows yeah.
1: about
0: it now. she found that on the air, I mean, dang, we could have it was a murder right here. You did what? Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Did i have to deal with the whole thing. Should I cut off the show? Should I leave it on there? Uh, should I sell the footage to CNN? <laughs>
1: Steven, she doesn't listen to our show. She doesn't give a <laughs> oh, shit. <no.
0: laughs> you expect people to listen to this crap, Steve? Are you? you're She doesn't.
1: I... I I could say anything I want on this show and she would never hear it. She doesn't give a shit.
0: Uh-oh.
1: Oh, she just got home. Uh-oh.
0: I'm in trouble now. Censorship time. <laughs> uh... Well, yeah, I thought that was funny. I mean, that was just like, almost everybody, like the ha- second half of the movie. What's the worst thing you ever did? I do you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, so uh, let me ask you, Chris, when you wrote that in, uh, into your script, uh, mm-hmm. did, d- did the people uh, who played those parts actually say,
0: the worst things they ever did or did,
1: uh, did you write, did you script all that?
2: Oh yeah. That's, that's all scripted. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and like, I wish that I had, um, been able to separate those out a little bit more and, and, and have at least one more action scene, uh, in the midst of all that. To me, that's the only place where like, the movie sort of um, levels off for a little bit and and before it comes back up at the end, I, I, I wish there was like one more action scene in there, but you know, I couldn't really afford to do another action scene.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. 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 Now, I don't know. I I think the movie plays out evenly. Uh, I, I you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think that I don't think it lags it at at any point. Uh well, I I'm, I'm
2: just I'm hypercritical of it and and to me that's the only place where I I think if if I could go back, I I wish I'd written like one more action scene like right in there to just sort of like give it one more little spike. But uh, you know, it is what it is.
1: Yeah. I, I hear you. I mean, as someone who does, like, as I mentioned before, I do short films, I do music, uh, I do stand-up comedy, um, uh, I'm constantly going back over, you know, I'll listen to my music, I'll watch my short films, and, you know, and I, I'm always... Uh, hypercritical, like you said. Um, it It's not uncommon, but you know, um, at some point I guess, I mean, we have to just consider if there's nothing else we can do, right? Like, we already did what we did. So
2: Yeah, I mean, you get to a point where, you know, you're like, well, this thing is done, and then you, you put it out, but you keep in the back of your mind like, well, what things could have been better? And then you just try to apply that to the next one. Yeah, you know, there's exactly. a
0: thin line between improving and close encounters of the third time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I wish you oh, had told me water. that. I wish you had told me that before I made these mashed potatoes. <laughs>
0: And what I'm referring to is if you get the box set of either Blade Runner or Close Encounters, there's like five different cuts of the movie on it.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay, that that makes sense now. Um, yeah, uh, I remember when I was a kid, Close Encounters was my favorite movie for a while. And then they re-released it in the theater uh, where they added the stuff onto the end, like where you go inside the mothership, and that's you know, they were really hyping it up. That was going to be a huge deal. And, and I remember going to see that, and I was just like, this kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh,
1: okay, I, I just have to step back for a second and say, wait a second. Close Encounters of the Third Kind was your favorite movie when you were a kid?
2: Yeah, for, <laughs> I, uh, for probably about right. a year.
1: I, I have some. I have so many questions. We're gonna have to PM later. <laughs> Truffaut.
0: it has Truffaut in it. Yeah, Truffaut's in it. Yeah, in in it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think it's, it's just a, it's a brilliant movie. Um, I, I was when I was a kid, like so Star Wars was my favorite movie until I saw Close Encounters, and then I liked Close Encounters more than
1: Star Wars. yeah i think uh well i think I have a similar uh launch i think star wars was my favorite and then i really liked two thousand uh two thousand one um,
2: okay that that's that's a hard movie like, i mean that's that's that that's a that's you know pretty heady
1: well i i but I think it's similar to your transition, uh you know. I I think mine is similar, you know.
2: Oh yeah, no, I, I yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that.
1: You went from Star Wars to close encounters and I went from Star Wars to two thousand one, so um Yeah. Yeah. Well, and
2: oddly um from... I think the 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 reason that I liked uh, Close Encounters was because like I wanted, like I wanted to be that kid and and get to meet the aliens. But ironically, when E.T. came out, like I hated E.T. I I thought it was corny.
1: Yeah. Well, E.T. is corny. I mean, yeah, most, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Spielberg is – dicey director for me Um, you know of course I love Indiana Jones but you know there's so much Spielberg that's just ridiculous for me
0: Spielberg Mm. once he became everything is happy yeah yeah Mm.
1: yeah I, I I Uh don't for know. me I it
0: was Star Wars and then Gremlins. And then I went to the Deep oh, Waters. The Kiracurse I was ran.
2: Gremlins is a great film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't shit on Gremlins.
0: Come on. Yeah. Man. Come not. I'm... It's gremlins. <laughs> A lot of kids my age were not prepared. Well, we weren't prepared for, oh, this is going from this cute little moth to these freaking monsters. (laughs) Then the monsters had the cooler attitude.
2: Oh, yeah. It's like the the gremlins were were badass. Like all the practical effects and everything and that, just the whole thing is, is just super cool.
1: yeah we have this weird thing going on in our town right now where people are doing like giant puppet theater um mm-hmm. uh, yeah i uh I don't know because you know it's still pandemic, so we're not allowed to <laughs> gather in inside places. So there's mm. a bunch of people doing live puppet theater outside, and it's actually really fucking cool.
0: <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, like, you go outside in the morning, and there's a giant uh, frost monster, like, I'm coming to get
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh Christopher uh let's say that you're I'm just now listening to this show, and I'm like, and I said to where can I go see Bad girls? you uh, tell me you can go
2: to, to badgirlsmovie.com, and and you can follow the links, and that the links on that website will take you to our indieGoGo campaign which is is where you can buy the movie. So you can buy buy the digital download, and and you can get that right away or within 24 hours. And the Blu-rays are still in production, but they should be out in two months.
0: What kind of extras can we expect on the Blu-ray? What's that? What kind of extras can we expect
2: on the Blu-ray? Okay, the extras will be a commentary track that kind of talks about uh, making your own low-budget movie. I, I, I try to interject a lot of, of just how that's done. And uh, there's a blooper reel and uh, trailers um, and I think some music videos. Cool. So it's a, it's a, it's a, de- it's a decent amount of bonus stuff.
1: Bought and a yep. digital copy. Look. Cool. I I it's downloaded digital. a digital copy today and watched it. And uh, yeah, it's a movie. Well, thank you. you guys should watch yeah.
0: It? <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. Hey, you can use that it's on a movie cover, cover. It's a it's movie. Hey, movie. brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah.
1: When when you when you put out the uh physical copies make sure that you put that as one of the quotes. It's a movie. That's, you should watch it. It could be
2: right right at the top. Yep.
1: It's <laughs> a movie you should watch it. <laughs> no, It's a, okay. It, it's you a a told me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and it's nice to be back. And me not actually not feeling like half dead. And go to badgirls dot go to badgirls dot com and get the movie. Or if you're curious, try the trailer out on YouTube.
2: Badgirlsmovie.com dot com. dot com is probably a porn site.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our our
1: our, our, our website. Uh, our, our website is rmassive.com dot com, but if you don't put the dash between the R and the massive, uh, yeah, you just get big dick pics.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're not, and they're all of me. <laughs> yeah, and they're, yeah,
1: they are all mine. I mean, of course, I have huge dicks. So we all know
0: that. I mean. <laughs> The, the, jump rope, the, the jump rope video, him using his dick to jump rope with, is just freaking amazing, girls. You need to go watch it.
1: Well, i I appreciate you. I appreciate that. You're right. I I mean, I I don't want to brag, but I I do. I, yeah.
2: Well, if you could jump rope with your dick, yeah, you you earn the right to brag.
1: Yeah, well, uh, come on. You made a movie. <laughs> All I did was jump jump <laughs> over my
0: dick. <laughs> uh, and thank you guys for listening. And always remember, people say I support indie films. Actually, support indie films and not just watch them because if he say I watched your movie it was on YouTube Chris will be like cool when he's really thinking I wish you were here so I could just slap you as hard as I could no, I,
2: I am happy for anybody watching them but it does help if they pay for them because then you can make another one
1: yeah yes And everyone, thank you for listening as you do every week. And please, wash your hands and wear a mask. Please, uh, be safe. We love you all. Thanks. We'll see you next
0: week. It was good Good talking to you guys. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you, Matt.